0: to the lots On Diamondbacks podcast. a part of the lots On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com on there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But what are we talking about on today's podcast? Well, I saw I saw an athletic reporter, Zach Buchanan, do an article talking about the first roster projection for the d in 2022 so I want to do something along the same vein and do a way too early opening day lineup projection for 2022 still a lot of holes in this d lineup roster not entirely filled out but we're gonna do a way too early lineup because why not We're still in the lockout, still searching for topics to talk about. Don't worry, I got a whole bunch of things, uh, a whole content calendar I have for you guys. But I figured this would be something uh, interesting to talk about on the piggybacks of what Zach Buchanan did recently for the Athletics. So we're going to do our way too early 2022 opening day lineup here on the Lockdown Divebacks podcast. But before we get into it, let's first play that fancy ass intro. backs your daily arizona diamondbacks podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right all right all right we're back here on the locked on diamondbacks podcast and let's get into the opening day lineup for 2022 the way too early opening day lineup and Let's first start with the leadoff hitter. Who else would you start off with? And I want to start off with a little man named Josh Rojas, third baseman, lefty. And Josh Rojas, he's got some speed to him. It's part of the reason why I like him batting leadoff. He's no slouch. I'm not saying this is a Tim LeCastro at the top of your lineup, but Rojas is no slouch. Maybe he could be a double-digit stolen base guy in his you know, in his final form, in his Frieza final form, in his Cell final form. I believe he had like nine stolen bases last year, so Rojas is definitely not the slowest guy in the world. I wonder what his sprint speed is. Maybe I should have done that research before this, but he's someone who had 28 at-bats last year at third base. I'm also slotting in Rojas, not only as the leadoff hitter, but I want him playing third base as well. Not second base, not right field, but I'm going to slot him in at third base currently with the way the roster is set up i like rojas at third base and 28 at bats at third base last year rojas actually batted 357 with 795 ops yes a very small sample size but nonetheless a very good sample size for rojas when playing third and then you look at his numbers when he's the leadoff hitter in an inning 281 average 812 ops when leading off an inning not too bad either for Josh Rojas. He primarily was the leadoff hitter last year for the d backs so this wouldn't be a new role for Rojas. And he would just find as the leadoff hitter last year with a 257 average and 746 OPS, so Rojas, I don't mind him as the leadoff hitter at all, I actually prefer him there, so Rojas, with your little combination of speed and swagger, I'm putting you as the leadoff hitter, you did it last year and you performed admirably at it, you were just fine as the leadoff hitter, so maybe another year under your belt with the experience doing it, you would be even better entering 2022, and then backing you up, I'm going to have Dalton Varsho. I love Dalton Varsho. I think every D-backs fan loves Dalton Varsho. He has that nice power speed combo which I like to see from my number 2 hitter usually want to get that from your number three as well, but the number two guy has been primarily Quetel Marte the last couple of years, but now I want to put Dalton Varsho, the emerging breakout star for this D-backs team. I'm going to put him that number two spot. and I'm also sliding in Varsho in center field. He looked pretty good as an outfielder last year. He was making full-out diving catches, robbing home runs. Dalton Varsho is an athletic freak that could definitely play multiple positions, and with Quetel Marte, just looking so banged up when he played center field. Quetel Marte's numbers are pretty good at second base. And I just like him better. Seems more. Seems like there's less wear and tear with Quetel Marte at second base. So let's put Dalton Varsho in center field. He batted mostly at the bottom of the order last year. Varsho did. But his numbers were phenomenal when he batted at the bottom of the order. But because of his physical profile and the kind of player I think Varsho could be, I want to put him at the top of the batting order. Slot him into number two. Has some more sp- he definitely has more speed than Rojas, but because of his ability to drive and runs, I like him better as that number two spot than number one guy leading off. Sometimes you see those Moogie Bets guys with power and speed as your leadoff guy, but I think I want Varsho more as my number two and put the responsibility of table-setting on Rojas, because I want Varsho to have that ability to just unload whenever he feels like it, and I want Rojas to be more of a straight contact guy. I don't see as much power upside with him, so I don't mind him batting leadoff. And so with uh, Varsho batting second, there is going to be some quality chances for him to score runs, because the man behind Dalton Varsho is going to be Ketel Marte, who... Also has that power speed combo, not as much speed as Dalton Varsha, but probably has more power because I love Marte's power potential from that number three hole. His ability to drive and runs, his hard contact numbers have been going crazy two of the last three years. And 61 at bat at second base last season. Ketel Marte had a 935 OPS and a 328 average. So he played some of his best baseball when he manned second base last year. Also, 10 10- 0 1014 OPS with men on the bases. 1081 OPS so actually rises when men are in scoring position. Keto Marte absolutely dominant when men are on the bases. Whenever he sees an opportunity to drive a run home, Keto Marte usually comes through for the team. He's a great RBI producer, and because of his ability to also hit 30 plus home runs. He's a rare commodity on this D-backs team. Not a lot of guys could do what Ketel Marte does. He can hit for a high average. He can be a 330 hitter for you, but also have an OPS around a thousand, get you 90 plus RBIs, and if you're lucky, if you trust a Ketel Marte. He can probably also sweep what 10 to 15 bags for you as well. So he's giving you some speed as well. And then when you look at the top of the lineup with a Rojas, Varsho, and Ketel Marte, now you're going lefty, lefty switch hitter, which I don't mind. I don't mind the two lefties to start off the game. Maybe you want to get a righty a little bit earlier, but I don't mind having the two lefties to start because then I'm supplementing it with the Ketel Marte third position switch hitter so you get that versatility as well plus I'm getting a nice combination of power and speed from my top three Uh, Rojas and Varsho probably uh, li- a little bit more leaning toward the speed department well at least Varsho is definitely the fastest of the three I guess Rojas and Ketel Marte might be similar in terms of their speed profile with Varsho leading the way, but Varsho and Quetel Marte would definitely bring the power, while Rojas would set the table for the rest of the group, so I like those three at the top of my lineup, I like the versatility that they have, I think they could steal bases, or at least put themselves in better run scoring opportunity, maybe they hit a single and go from first to third, or second to home, also got the Big play potential from uh from an RBI perspective with both Dalton Rasho and Quetzal Marte because they have over-the-fence power. and They just have raw power as well. So I really like those three at the top of my lineup for my way too early 2022 Diamondbacks opening day lineup. I guess I said lineup twice there, but let's talk about positions four through six in the opening day lineup for 2022. But before we discuss it, I first have to tell you about how this episode is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution, because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Great for that keto diet. Just go to built.com. use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. right right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the podcast and let's discuss the rest of our way too early 2022 opening day lineup for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And the next player who I have cleaning up the number four spot in my 2022 lineup is Carson Kelly. This one, maybe you think is a surprise. Maybe you were expecting a Christian Walker or someone who maybe fits more of that profile of a cleanup hitter. You know, your stocky first baseman like a Christian Walker. But Carson Kelly, he did well batting fourth last year for this D-backs team. Actually, most of his at-bats last season came batting fourth, which was a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, I knew Kelly batted fourth last year, but I didn't think it was his... Uh, most used spot in the batting order last season. I would have said like fifth or sixth, something like that. I, I wouldn't have assumed it was fourth. So he actually performed just fine when batting fourth last year. Like a lot of these guys, the numbers aren't going to be phenomenal or, or eye-popping, unless your name is Ketel Marte. But I got Josh Rojas. He looked good batting fourth. 273 average, 759 OPS. So like a Rojas, maybe you think, let's get another year under his belt, another year of experience. Maybe Carson Kelly could get back to that 2019 level because one of the reasons why I have Carson Kelly batting forth is because he was a super duper rbi producer in 2019 and even at the beginning of last season carson kelly was a really strong rbi producer go look at his numbers in the clutch from 2019 this dude was like a 900 ops dude in the clutch runners and scoring position men on the bases this dude came through for you and his month by month splits consistently he had like a ops around 850 like there was a good three four month stretch with carson kelly back in 2019 where he legit looked like a all-star level catcher with true power hitting potential, and we didn't see that much in 2020. I think we saw it some in flashes in 2021, specifically at the beginning of the season. So if we could get that 2019 Carson Kelly back, I think he's more than capable of being the number four hitter for this Dbacks team, and. Plus, being a righty, I like the switch up when you start with the two lefties plus a Ketel Marte who you never know if someone's on the mound you could start the game with three straight lefties. So I like the fact that you're switching it up with a Carson Kelly, number four, as a righty. He was also pretty good last year. Runners in scoring position, 805 OPS, 844 OPS with just, with, with just men on the bases. So I like Carson Kelly. If you could get those 2019 levels back, uh from a Carson Kelly I don't know if that's a right way to phrase it but if we could get Carson Kelly back to his 2019 levels I think he's good I think Carson Kelly could then end up being an all-star in 2022 so let's get Carson Kelly back to looking like he was in 2019 then batting number five for the D-backs I have David Peralta second most at bats batting fifth last year But I think his numbers look the best. I think he had the best stat line when he batted fifth last year. 274 average and 760 OPS when he batted fifth last year. 282 average and 799 OPS with runners in scoring position. David Peralta is still a good RBI producer. The home runs might have dissipated from David Peralta. He's really not that over the fence kind of hitter no more but he's still an extra base hit threat he can still hit doubles and he led the national league in triples last season uh whenever it came to his clutch numbers he was pretty good we driving in runs 797 ops in high leverage moments i still like david peralta a lot in the clutch freight train is still one of the best rbi producers on this team and he could be a guy batting fifth maybe it jacks up his value a little bit if he is getting those rbis if we're getting some bounce back seasons from the D backs Dalton Varsho at the top of your lineup if it adds some extra juice to this team and all of a sudden you got more opportunity for David Peralta and that number five hole to bring home some runs then maybe that jacks up his value and by the time the trade deadline rolls around then maybe you have a real asset in David Peralta I'm not saying you're getting a you know top three prospect in somebody's system for David Peralta but all of a sudden he's a real asset after getting some more uh, you know after getting some more rbi opportunities than he might normally get if he's able to convert those rbi opportunities after seeing like a dude after after being a dude last year that was that that performed pretty well in the clutch if you could do it again with more opportunity in 2022 then i think it will jack up his value and i think he will be somebody come the trade deadline if the z team is struggling that other contenders would want as a veteran presence and as someone that could be in the middle to bottom half of your lineup as an RBI producer so I like David Peralta as that number five spot in this D-backs lineup for next season and then number six I'm gonna have Christian Walker and he's someone that Probably entering 2021 would have been the number four guy, the the cleanup hitter, but after 2021, he struggled, and part of it was injuries. He couldn't really stay healthy, but he also struggled when he was healthy, and I think he has the potential to be the cleanup hitter, maybe once again for this D-backs team or bat like fifth or something, but he has to get those hard contact numbers back up because they were... Not what they used to be back in 2019 and 2020. He had some of the best hard contact numbers on the team, and they just weren't there last season. So hopefully a full healthy season from a Christian Walker could get his numbers back to being that. But he was actually very good batting six last year for the D-backs. Uh, in 79 at-bats, batting six last season, 956 OPS and a 316 average with two outs to runners in scoring position he had a 292 average and 840 OPS so as that number six hole you might have some you know you might have some games where there's two outs on the board and you gotta come through with runners and scoring position so Christian Walker was really good doing that last season for the D-backs and also just in high leverage moments Christian Walker was clutch 830 OPS 310 average in high leverage moments there's some still positive numbers with Christian Walker, even though his traditional stat line might have been kind of disappointing at the end of last season. Uh, I still like having, when you look at this four through six. With the, uh, I almost forgot, Carson Kelly, David and Christian Walker. What I like about that four through six is you get a nice righty, lefty, righty mix for my four through six. A lot of RBI potential, even though there may not be a lot of over-the-fence potential there, I think there's still going to be a lot of clutch doubles and a lot of clutch extra base hits, even if it might not be over-the-fence power. So I like those three guys being my four through six in my D-backs opening day lineup in 2022. Now, we're going to get through seven through nine in my opening day lineup for 2022, but first, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline, because BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports action wagering in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's get back into the pod and let's wrap it up by looking at spots seven through nine in the batting order. And the guy who I want to put in that number seven hole is the Pavin Smith, who might seem pretty low considering Pavin Smith was a first round pick, the very first round pick I, that was a weird way of saying it the first pick Mike Hazen has made as a GM was Paven Smith back in the 2018 draft I believe maybe 2017 where Pavin Smith was a first rounder and he probably he, he probably doesn't go that high in the draft again if we redo it but that's hindsight and we're not going to relitigate Pavin Smith being taken too early by the D-backs what is done is done so let's maximize Pavin Smith and his potential and I think we start by doing that by putting him in the number seven hole. And I like him in the number seven hole because he's a good contact hitter. And I think he could be another table setter after the mini cleanup crew you got batting four through six. Because after... Kelly Peralta and Christian Walker, those are three guys who are trying to drive home RBIs. But who's the guy that's trying to be the one getting driven home? And I think Paven Smith could kind of restart the lineup, kind of restart the lineup a little bit, batting seventh. Like I said, he's a good cleanup hitter, and I think he could be a table setter at the number seven spot. And he also might have some RBI opportunities to maybe flex any power if he worked on, you know, power drills during the offseason, if he thinks he's coming into camp next season We're more over the fence power then maybe number seven could be good for him if he is following a Christian Walker and David Peralta maybe there's more opportunities with players on the bases where he could drive home a run or two so that's another reason why I like him in that number seven hole whenever he batted six or lower in the lineup last year so if he batted six seven or eight Paven Smith was pretty good. OPS above 800, the lower he batted in the lineup. So it's another reason why I don't mind him, why, why I don't mind putting Paven Smith so low in the lineup despite him being a former first rounder. And also, it keeps that righty lefty cross matchup uh, going as well down the lineup where it keeps going righty lefty. So another reason why I don't mind putting Paven Smith right there. I think he still has potential to be, you know, an everyday major leaguer for this D-backs team or any team in baseball. I just don't know the quality of an everyday major leaguer for Paven Smith. So if he wants to be an above average major leaguer, I'm not saying all-star, but if he wants to be an above average major leaguer, he has to not just keep being a consistent contact hitter, but he has to get those... I just think he has to get his OBP up. I think he has to become an almost walking god. And if he could do that from the number 7 hole as a table setter, where if he's all of a sudden a guy batting 280, but... 360 OBP if he even if he's not like an RBI producer or guy with an 850 OPS if his OBP is at least high and he's getting base hits and just getting on base I'll be pretty happy as a Pavin Smith you know truther believer I guess I'm not saying Pavin Smith is gonna be an all-star but I do like Pavin Smith again friend of the pots so I'm always gonna have a soft spot for him so I think the number seven hole could be a nice low pressure situation for Pavin Smith as he continues to grow his game Number, batting number eight, I'm going to have Nick Ahmed, who, again, just another table setter for this D-backs offense, continues the righty-lefty cross-up, Pavin Smith lefty, Nick Ahmed righty. Also, I just want to keep, again, to be honest, I want to keep Nick Ahmed as close to the bottom of the lineup as possible. I just don't think he provides much offensively. Even looking at his splits, I think batting 8th was the best for him, but it was like a 660 OPS. Like There's no place in the lineup that could put a Nick Ahmed to really hide his offensive struggles. It's going to be a liability, and if his defense slips at all, entering 2022, then this is a guy that we consider. We have to heavily consider moving because I just don't think we could trade his defense for offense. I'm not sure if it's worth it. I'm not sure if his defense is elite enough uh, to, to masquerade his offense, especially if he takes a step back defensively. So we'll keep an eye on Nick Ahmed. But for now, let's just keep him batting eighth and just keep him out of the mix because having Nick Ahmed come up to the plate is basically having a pitcher come up to the plate for you. And batting knife for this D-backs team, you think I'm just going to say and Garner or whatever pitcher uh, I have starting opening day. But I'm going to go off the grid and give you guys a curveball here because I'm going to predict that the universal DH is coming back after the lockout. I don't have any inside info, but that's just my gut call. And if that's true, I want Seth Beer batting ninth in my opening day lineup in 2022 because this guy, when he got called up last year, he was dynamite. Again, he didn't play that many games. He only had like nine at-bats, but in the nine at-bats he had last year, 1380 OPS. We saw the power. We saw the offense. The dude can absolutely rake. He's raked on the minor league level for a couple years now. And I want to start him at ninth just because of his lack of experience. I think his talent could catapult him up the lineup. Maybe he takes over for a Christian Walker, but maybe he takes over for maybe he takes over for a Paven Smith as the quote unquote first baseman of the future. But either way, I think he definitely has potential as being, a uh, you know, middle of the order at bat, maybe a 25 home run guy. Nothing I've seen so far from Seth Beer gives me any indication that he can't be, a, you know, a really high level, you know, just hitter. A guy that could bat 290 with some power and pop as well. So I don't see why Seth Beer can't be a really good offensive player for the D-backs, even though his defense might be absolutely atrocious. I'm just hoping he's like Yasmani Tomas-esque I guess would be the best case scenario for a Seth Beer. But when I look at the bottom of the lineup with a Pavin Smith, a Nick Ahmed, and a Seth Beer, I'm hoping that could be another mini lineup that could get some action going with Nick Ahmed and Pavin Smith being the two table setters and then Seth Beer being that guy to drive home runs. And then even if that doesn't happen, maybe a Pavin Smith and a Seth Beer get on base and then you hope for a Rojas or Dalton Varsho to bring those guys home after that. And then when you look at the full lineup, you got Rojas starting third base, lefty. Varsho, center field, lefty. Marte, second base, switch hitter. Kelly, righty, catcher. Peralta, left field, lefty. Christian Walker, first base, righty. Paven Smith, lefty, right field. Nick Ahmed, righty shortstop, and then Seth Beer, lefty DH. That's a nice little mix of righties and lefties. You're not doing too much. It's not not too righty-heavy. It's not too lefty-heavy. You got a nice mix going throughout. Plus, I like the positions better. I like Rojas at third. I like Keto Marte at second. I like Dalton Varsho in center field. I wouldn't mind Rojas in the corner outfield as well, but uh, if they're going to keep a David Peralta and a Pavin Smith, I don't think Rojas probably has much of an opportunity to play the corner outfield too much. So for now, he's probably going to be a third baseman. If the lineup, you know, didn't get any more additions and the lockout ended today and we started the season and this was our final roster, I think this would be the best lineup and the best positions for all these players. So, Later in the week, we'll also do a little breakdown on the rotation and things like that, because why not? Might as well do the way too early opening day starting five rotation for the D-backs later in the week. But that's the end of this Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the way too early 2022 opening day lineup. Hope you guys come back uh I'm recording this on a Sunday to be posted on Monday. So I guess I hope you guys come back Wednesday for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you. So thank you. Go make Lockdown Bets your second listen of the day with your board, Hugh, and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. You want to put some extra money in your pocket. And of course, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!